0: Let's get into the Word of God tonight. We're gonna be in the book of John, chapter five. The book of John, chapter five. And uh, we'll begin there in verse one here in just a couple of moments, book of John, chapter five. I entitled this message, When Mercy Walked In. When Mercy Walked In. I tell you what, aren't you glad for God's mercy tonight? Praise God for that. Where would we be this evening without it? I'm thankful for the mercy of our Savior, for the mercy of God. Uh, He uh, has... Shed an abundance of it on it in our life, uh, and I am very thankful uh, this evening for it. When mercy walked in, John uh, chapter five, and we'll begin there in verse one. I'm going to read. I'd like to get down to about verse fourteen this evening. John chapter five, and we we'll begin uh, there in verse one and get down to about verse fourteen. I want to share with you a few truths this evening. I think it'll be a blessing to you that'll help you in your Christian life. And as we go through this, just want to pull some things out. It. Not only do we see what's going on with this man, but some things that we can actually take and apply to our life today as well uh, and how it can help us. And so uh, we, think about, uh, we think about mercy. Uh, mercy uh, is uh, such a blessing. Uh, we are thankful that uh, it is something that God renews for us every day. Uh, it is something that, of course, uh, we all need, uh, but we don't deserve it. Uh, but God uh, richly blesses us with it every day, every moment of the day. And as we begin there in verse 1, let's take a look at a few verses here. Let's read verses 1 and 2. I'll give you the first truth here tonight. As we begin there in verse 1, notice the Bible says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market uh, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesia, having five porches, now I want us to notice here in the very first couple of verses as we uh, as we think about when mercy walked in, we think about Bethesda. Bethesda actually means house of mercy. Uh, and so as we, can, uh, as we think about the house of mercy, we also think about, of course, who was here present in the house of mercy, the God of mercy, amen. The God of mercy was there present in the house of mercy. We praise the Lord for that. But you'll notice there in verse one, uh, in the very first verse one and two that what I wanted us to see tonight, as we think about when mercy walked in, is I want us, of course, number one, the very first truth is that I want us to see is the mercy, is the mercy. Now we there in verse one, the Bible wanted us to see, uh, the Bible says that they were there by the sheep gate. You'll notice there in verse one, uh, I'm sorry, there in verse two, the Bible says there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool. Now we think about this, uh, we think about the sheep, uh, the sheep pool, which is uh, which is called Bethesda. Back in the Old Testament, we would see uh, even back in the book of uh, Nehemiah, in chapter, uh, Nehemiah chapter 3, there in verse 1, uh, you, whenever they began to rebuild the temple and, do, and began to repair everything, the very first thing they started with was the sheep gate. And The reason why the sheep gate was so important was because it was a great representation uh, of course of us, uh, but a good representation of the Lord Jesus as the door where the God of mercy walked in. Uh, what the sheep gate what they would do is is, uh, is uh, the sheep gate was actually where they brought in the sheep that they would sacrifice uh, and this sheep gate actually they walked in, they would uh, uh, cleanse all the sheep there in the pool and then it actually made its way on, it, it made it, there was actually a way that made its own way up to Calvary actually uh, for the uh, uh, for sacrifices and things like that, uh, but this sheep gate—a uh, good picture of the Lord Jesus Himself. When the Lord Jesus says that I am the door. But not only that, but whenever they repaired this sheep gate, there in Book of Man, uh, in Nehemiah chapter three and verse one, the ones that uh, repaired this door were the high priest. Isn't that the Lord Jesus for us? He's our high priest. The high priest and the priest is the ones that repaired that sheep gate. Uh, And not only that, but the sheep gate was the only gate uh, that was never locked. Man, praise. Aren't you glad that whosoever will may come? Aren't you glad that the Lord has uh, offered salvation to everyone freely? That there is nobody that is kept locked out. That there is nobody that is kept away. But all who will, that, that whosoever will may come. Praise the Lord for that. And so the sheep gate that goes into Bethesda. is very important. We see a, a spiritual uh, significance going uh, for it all, uh, all the way back in the book of Nehemiah. But so as we get here, right here, one of the things I want us to see uh, is uh, as, these, uh, as these folks, the sheep gate, that led into this, this pool of Bethesda. And as these folks were sitting there, one of the things that they needed, of course, was exactly what this place meant, uh, this, uh, this place of mercy. And praise God that, we're, that where they were in this place of mercy, that the God of mercy was there to help them. Uh, aren't you glad here tonight that we have a God of mercy, a God of comfort, a, a God of peace, a God of love, that he knows exactly where to meet us in our infirmities. He knows exactly where to to meet us whenever we are going through the most difficult times in life. And so here in this verse, we not only just see the mercy of God there in verse uh, 1 and 2, that he is there by the sheep gate, but we also see uh, that there in verse three, the Bible says. Notice, just inside this sheep gate right here was this pool, and then this pool. Notice beside this pool, the Bible says that these, uh, that in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, and withered, uh, and withered, waiting for the moving of the water. So not only do we see there the mercy, but I also want us to see the multitude. As we think about and apply this right here to our lives today, we think about the Lord Jesus, of course, as the door. We think about him here, the one that's a high priest. We think about him being the, uh, the, uh, uh, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so we think about this, the importance of this sheep gate. And right on the inside, of course, is all these people that have come through that need to be cleansed that are there looking for healing. We have, now you imagine the Bible says that there was a multitude there. Just as today, listen, there's a multitude out here today that need the Lord Jesus. There's a multitude of folks out here today that need to experience the cleansing blood of the Lord Jesus in their life, to experience God in their life for the forgiveness of sins, uh, uh, to see God, the hand of God moving in their life and in their families. We definitely need to see it in our nation today. And notice amongst this multitude, I want you to see there in, there in verse three, what, what, what is it that made up this, uh, this multitude? The Bible says there in verse three that number one, of course, we see the impotent folk, uh, the folks that were diseased. I'm, I'm talking about every disease that you can imagine. Now, when the Lord Jesus walked in, I want you to imagine now, when the Lord Jesus walks in, there is a multitude of people that are sitting down uh, in these in uh, in these five porches that are kind of uh, that are kind of uh, decked out there, and uh, and as the and as Jesus walks in, there are people everywhere with every kind of disease that you can about imagine, with every kind of sickness that you can about imagine. And so there are a lot of suffering people. To the mind's eye, what we would probably see is a place that was probably not very, uh, not very appealing to the human eye. But isn't that what sin is too? It's not very appealing uh, to, to our eyes, of course, especially when we see the destruction that it causes. No, but we can see that there was a lot of people that were there by the house of mercy because there's a lot of people that needed mercy. And so we, when the Lord Jesus walked in, you got to understand that all these folks that were sitting there, all these different things that they needed in their life. Listen, you know, I'm glad that it doesn't matter what it, what it is that we have in our life? I'm glad that doesn't matter what we are afflicted with, or what sin it is, or or what it is that could be in our life. We have a God that can touch us in any way, shape, or form. It don't matter what we're battling with, no matter what we're struggling with, it don't matter what sickness it is. Listen, none of that makes any difference. We have a God that can do all things. And so, all these people here, they were in that uh, here they were in this place of mercy. And there, in verse three, the Bible says there was impotent folk there. Now, number one, the Bible also shows us that there were the blind. You know, listen, there's a lot of folks out here that are spiritually blind tonight. A lot of folks, I who we're living in, we're living in a society, and of course, it have been for a long time, uh, where there are folks that are spiritually blind. The Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the hearts and minds of men. At least they see the light of the glorious gospel. And so, what we desire to do and want to be in our life is a is a light that the Lord Jesus called us to be the light, this, the the city that is not set on the hill, the the candle that's not under the basket, but it's on the candlestick. And that's what God has called us to be. Uh, and so, right here in this place of mercy, what we see is we see. The there are a lot of blind folks here, folks that cannot see, folks that, that are living in darkness. But man, praise God. Don't you, do you remember the day when the light of God came into your life, the day that you got saved? You remember maybe perhaps where you were and maybe what you were going through. You remember what Christ saved you from. You remember how things were in your life and, 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 and the things that you that, that sin had done to you. But then the light of the Lord Jesus walked in in that place of mercy and God reached down there where you are down into the depths of sin and darkness and and he pulls you up out of that miry clay and establishes your steps and put a new song in your mouth and I guarantee all of us that are saved here tonight have never forgotten that day that day that we got saved, you may not remember the exact moment of time. You may not remember the exact day that you got saved, but a, 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 such as a Monday or a Tuesday. But I don't remember the exact the day that I got saved. What day of the week it was? But I do know it was on a it was on a Sunday. It was on a Sunday. I've never forgot that. How many of you ever sung that song? I got saved on a Monday or a Tuesday, or and then I, if I don't remember, I got saved on a Sunday. You remember that one? I got saved on a Sunday. I've never forgot it. It was the best day of my entire life. And there were a lot of folks sitting right here in the house of mercy that needed the God of mercy to come into the life uh, despite the sins they had been involved in, despite what was plaguing their life and folks that were here that were, uh, that were suffering from all kinds of different diseases that you can only possibly imagine. I mean, you walked in there, it was probably a very repulsive sight seeing folks that were just laid out and strung out, not only blind but, but just suffering from all different kinds of diseases and folks that were uh, 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 maybe wounds perhaps that were open and withered hands and, and legs and body parts and the Bible even shows us right here the withered that were there. I mean, it was probably not a very appealing sight uh, to the Lord Jesus whenever he walks in and there was a pile of people sitting out there and the Bible says a pile of the, some of those folks, they were blind and they needed the light of the Lord Jesus to come into their life. That is part of the multitude that is out here today. Why do they think the way they think? Why do they talk the way they thought? Why do they act the way they act? Because they've been blinded by darkness, they've been blinded by the devil, you ever been talking to somebody and you think how in the world can they possibly you hear how in the world can you possibly think this way how in the world can you possibly talk that way it's because the devil has blinded the hearts and minds of men today listen there was a way that I thought before I got saved and after I got saved my whole thinking changed you know, the Bible tells us what in the book of Romans uh, what is it, chapter uh, 12 to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and when I got saved that's one of those things that happened we got to understand that when we're dealing with society out here today, with us and everybody, need, everybody needs the mercy of God, and the grace of God. God liberally gives it out every single day to every single one of us. But but I tell you what, the reason why people think and talk and act the way they do is because they've been blinded by the devil himself, blinded by this world, and blinded by darkness, blinded by sin. And there they sit, a great multitude. Not only were there those that are blind, but the also the Bible also describes there in verse three as those that were halt. The word halt there has the idea of folks that cannot move, perhaps the, uh, the folks that were maybe lame on their feet or, or couldn't press forward anymore. You think about what it meant, the, uh, the word halt as in halt. You know, you come to a stop, you, you can't move forward anymore. Listen, there's a, lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of people perhaps there at that time, maybe they didn't have, the, they didn't have any feet or they didn't have any legs and, and they couldn't move themselves, they could not press forward. But on the flip side of that, as we think about society today, not only are those that are spiritually blind in our world, But there are also folks that listen, the devil has in essence brought them to a grinding halt in their life. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They've in essence come to a screeching halt in their life. They're not progressing. They're not growing. They're not moving anywhere. But they have come to a halt in their life. They have stopped dead in their tracks because the devil is doing everything he can to keep them from moving forward. And the Bible says there in verse three, there were the blind and there were the halt and then of course also the withered. The withered. Withered has the idea of uh, something that is dry or barren or or even perhaps fruitless, something that you really can't do a whole lot with. And so we think about this word uh, withered and we think about uh, the context of maybe what it means, something dry, withered, that is fruitless, barren. Uh, listen. There's a lot of folks out here today. The devil has done such a has done such a a, 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 a destruction in their life that that's exactly where they're at. They they feel like in the life. Listen, I, I just feel dry. I just feel barren. I just feel I just feel fruitless in my life. They feel like they have no purpose and they feel like they have no meaning. And the devil just every day discouraging their hearts, keeping them from moving forward and let, trying to trying to get them to think that listen, it's always going to be this way. Like we talked about this morning, and and just and just withering. Away way in their life, sin, sin coming in and sin coming in and sin destroying and sin ruining and all this stuff just coming into their life. Listen, some of it by their own doing. Do you know that we can invite a whole bunch of stuff into our own lives that destroys us? And listen, I'm telling you, there's a lot of folks out here you know, out here living in this world because they've been blinded by the devil. They can't see what is it that's going on. They don't understand the power and the force behind these things. And as we talked about this one, the devil loves to paint a pretty picture just like Jezebel when she was up in that high tower and painted her face and teared her head and, and did everything she could to make herself look as good as possible. And the folks out here, all they see, uh, all they see is, uh, uh, is seeing up on top. All they see is the good time on top. And, and the devil's making it look as good as he can but what they don't realize is what's actually really happening. The ruin and destruction that that sin brings. And there's people out here and their lives they are in essence withering away. The devil every day just has an axe to the tree taking this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece and And the devil just every way, uh, every single day hacking at their life and taking this part and taking this part and taking this part and and every day they wake up in the morning they feel like something's missing. Every day they wake up they feel like they ain't got no hope and and so there in verse C, what we see is a great multitude of people that are spiritually blind, that are going nowhere and withering away in their life and that's exactly what sin does but at least praise the Lord here they are in the house of mercy praise God at least they were there in the house of mercy and the Lord Jesus was fixing to walk in so we can see the house of mercy verses 1 and 2 and then we see the multitude there in verses uh, there in verse uh, 3 and 4 let's read verse 4 the Bible says Uh, Well, let's go back to verse three. Notice the Bible says that they were there waiting for the moving of the water. Verse four, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole whatsoever disease he had. Now they, some folks will read this part right here and they saw, well, that was just a myth and a legend that was started and folks just went down there and that's just what they were hoping for and they were just, you know, this was just something that was going on There's these other folks and say, well, you know, uh, this, this was something that was actually going on and folks were actually waiting on that list and whatever it is, I just thank God for this. As the Bible shows us there in verse four, the Bible says that they were there waiting. They were there, uh, that an angel went down at a certain season. I just know this. I'm just thankful that, you know what, listen, there's a lot of people that are in that, that there's a lot of people that are just waiting on a certain season. They're, listen, there's some, some people that are waiting uh, for signs and wonders maybe perhaps to happen in their life or something to change. There's some people uh, that, that are maybe perhaps waiting on a certain season like, uh, like, uh, like uh, Felix did. Listen, there are some people that are waiting on a certain feeling before they get the life changed there's some people that are waiting on dreams and visions. and There's some people waiting on signs and wonders. Listen, I'm just glad the Lord Jesus came to me where I was at. I'm just glad I'm saved here tonight. And there was, but there was a certain time when the Lord Jesus did come to me and he found me. And the Bible says there an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. Some say uh, that they believe this happened every day. Some say that it was just during the feast times. But whatever it is that's going on here, I do know this. I do. The Bible tells me as we read down further that this man was, had this infirmity for 38 years and whether or not for 38 years he sat beside this pool or not, I don't know. But I do know this, that whenever you take 38, you times it by 365. It's that, if that's the case, that's 13,870 days that he waited, nothing happened. The Bible says there in verse four, an angel went down at, certain, at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. What I am thankful about this verse four is regardless of what you may think about it, there in verse four, I am thankful for the whosoever, that whosoever will may come, that whosoever, whosoever will has a, has a desire to drink of the water of life freely, they can. The Bible says, whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole. I'm thankful for that verse right there because it actually tells me and shows me that listen kind of going along with the nature of God that anybody that desires to come to be saved can be saved and it don't matter who it don't matter what you come to God with whatever it is that you have God can cleanse it God can forgive it that where sin abounds grace much more abounds and no matter what it is that you bring no matter what it is that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that you need to be healed of or forgiven of that there's a God in heaven that can do it the Bible says, whosoever, there in the text, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in, I tell you what, man, Just uh, I remember the day when I was 10 years old and I stepped into his grace. I remember the day when I stepped into his mercy. Listen, I have to step into his grace and mercy every single day from that day forward. I, ever since I've known about Christ and his salvation every single day, I've had to step in his grace. I've had to step in his mercy. I, I, I've been a part of his long suffering and I praise God for that. But the Bible shows us here, after the troubling of the water stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. So not only do we see his mercy tonight, and not only do we see the multitude, but I want us to see in verse five and six is the moment. And the Bible shows us there in verse five and six, there was a certain man that was there. The Bible says a certain man was there which had infirmity 38 years, now that's a long time. The Bible says there in verse six, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time, in that case, he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? I tell you what, what a great invitation. What a great invitation. You know That very same invitation, in essence, goes out every single day. Wilt thou be made whole? You know, the only way that we can be cleansed and forgiven is if we accept the forgiveness of Christ. The only way that we can be sinned, the only way that we can be made whole in our life, righteous and holy and pure before God, is through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, shows us, that he asked a question there in the text. And one of the questions he asked was, so when he come to this man, aren't you glad that Jesus know exactly where to meet him? He went into the house of God there in the house. He went into the house of mercy, the God of mercy in the house of mercy, and he went right up to this guy. I wonder why he went up to this guy. What was it about this man that was far different than some of the other folks? I don't know. Maybe perhaps uh, you think about this now. I wanna, I wanna give you something here this, uh, this evening. You think about this. Now, if he was actually sitting in front of a pool, Where it was said that an angel came down and would trouble the water and whoever stepped in that water first was the one that was healed. Would you ever take your eyes off that water? And how far away from that water would you be? I don't know about you, but I have a right mind to think that if I was sitting beside that pool and whether or not he was there for 38 years, I don't know. I just know that he had an infirmity for 38 years. But, uh, where, but wherever, however long that he sat there, I sure would like to think that if I had something that was keeping me from moving or keeping me from getting to that pool, or I, I, would, I would like to think that I would probably roll over until I got to, until I got to the edge of that pool. And when I got to the edge of that pool, I wouldn't leave. Or perhaps I would just stay in it all day and just wait for it to move. What I'm trying to get us to see here tonight is the Lord Jesus walked in and why some of these other people didn't get healed, I don't know, but I wonder if it could be this. I wonder if maybe the reason why when the Lord Jesus walked in and he healed this guy, maybe instead of the other ones is maybe everybody else was so busy looking at the water that they didn't see him. You know, sometimes we can get so focused on so many other things that when Jesus shows up, we completely miss it. When Jesus shows up, completely miss it. Sometimes we can get so focused on so many things. I mean, you can even come to the house of God and you can sit here, man, the preacher can be up there preaching, uh, preaching his heart out, sweating like a dog and uh, the choir can be singing, a, a, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful other singing this going on and uh, the piano playing and all other different kinds of musical instruments going on and people praising God and shouting and doing all these things and people sit right there in the service and completely miss God showing up. Minds thinking about other things and distracted by so many other things in life that were, and sometimes folks, listen, I'm telling you, they come to the house of God and they're not looking for God to do something, they're just kind of there. Listen, I don't just want to just, I don't just want to just come in and, and just sit and, and just sit on a pew and just say, well, this is just my spot, you know, I'm just going to warm it up. Now I want to be involved in what's going on. I want, to, I, I want to be involved in what's going on. I, I, I want to be a part of it. And, and the Bible shows this right here. Listen, the Lord Jesus, he walked in and he talked to this man. But why was it just this man? I don't know. I can only assume maybe that everybody else was just so fixed and focused on the water that they missed it when the Son of God walked in himself. Listen, let's be careful that we don't get so distracted by all the things that the world uh, tries to offer and all the things and, 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 and all these other things and we miss the Lord Jesus. The Bible shows us here in the text and there in verse 6, Jesus saw him lie. The man was laying there, he couldn't get up, he couldn't move and the Bible says got that the Lord Jesus there in verse six, he knew had been now a long time in that case. Aren't you glad God knows how long you've been hurting? God knows how long you've been suffering. God knows how long that you've been dealing in this, with the situation that you're in that none of it took God by surprise and God knows when to show up, God knows how to show up and God knows what to do when he shows up. Just be make sure you're looking. Just make sure you're looking. Man, don't miss it when the Lord Jesus comes on the scene. Uh, The Bible shows us there in verse six, he knew he'd been that way in a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? What an invitation. There in verse seven, the intimate man answered him, and I dare say probably one of the gravest answers I've seen in the scripture is, sir, I have no man. How lonely that must have been. How... Uh, when you let that to actually, when you let that phrase actually ring out into your soul, that here was a man uh, who was sitting in, uh, sitting by the pool of Bethesda in this place of mercy, and all these folks, a great multitude of folks that are sitting around and have all different kinds of problems and all different kinds of things that's going on, and and here he is, he's sitting there, and he says, "I don't have anybody, I I, I don't have a friend. In essence, I don't, ha- I have nobody." He says there in verse seven, he says, "Sir, I have no man." I don't have nobody to rely on. I don't have nobody that'll help me. I have absolutely nobody there in verse 7. Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And we see that he was struggling and battling and perhaps doing everything he could and whether it was every day or whether it was just at feast times or whatever it was that they said the water was troubled by this angel and they went down there to, to try to be healed. It, he says, I can't get in there because there's always other people that are getting there before me. I will say this. I'm so glad it don't matter how many people come to the Lord Jesus, whether it's all at one time, whether it's uh, whether it's a scattered, uh, whether it's at one o'clock or two o'clock, whether there's ten thousand coming to the Lord at at twelve, or whether there's only one coming to the Lord at twelve. No matter who comes to Him, He's gonna save. No matter who, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, and the Bible says there in verse seven while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. We can see the battle that he had and the discouraging spirit that he had in his life. The Bible shows us there in verse 8, Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Not only do we see the mercy, not only do we see the multitude, not only do we see there in verse 5 and 6 the moment, Listen, take advantage of the moment. Listen, when the Lord Jesus comes by your life, take advantage of that moment. As the Bible says, call upon him while he's near. Amen. Call upon him while he's near. When you hear the still, small voice of God, today is the day of salvation. And the Bible says here in the text, shows us, there in verse eight, the Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. We see the miracle In essence, we think about this now. When Jesus said to him, rise, take up thy bed and walk, this man hasn't stood up in 38 years. This man hasn't stood up and carried anything in 38 years. This man hasn't moved anywhere on his own in 38 years. So whenever the Lord Jesus looks at him and he says, in essence, rise up and walk, it's almost like the Lord coming to him and saying, listen, don't be so focused on all this other stuff. Get 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 your mind off that water. Don't be so focused on that. But make sure you don't. And make sure you don't forget what, who who and what is standing right here in front of you, and there in the text. He, he, he when he says, "Rise up and walk," uh, we we think about the we think about the the faith that he had to have to stand up. I mean, when the Lord Jesus said rise up, take up thy bed and walk. He could have just sat there and said, well, you know, I'm not so sure about this. What do you mean just rise up and walk? I'm looking for the waters to be troubled. I'm not looking for somebody just to come in and and just say, rise up and walk. That's too easy. Oh, wow. Too easy. You think God's trying to make it hard for you? Oh, that's just too easy. I'm looking for something that I have to actually do oh no man the Lord's trying to show us here listen he says rise up and walk the faith that it took him to have to say okay I'll listen to what you have to say even though I haven't walked in 38 years even though I had not picked anything up in 38 years and moved moved of my my own power and my own volition okay Lord I, I will listen to what you have to say the son of God look at him square in the eye right there okay I'll trust in you but the faith that it had to take for him that day to say, you know what, I'm gonna get up from this place. But just as we've been talking on Sunday mornings and even over the last several weeks about getting victory over sin and all these different things, there has to come a time and there has to become a moment where you say, I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna take up this bed and I'm gonna rise and walk. I'm not going to continue staying here. I'm not going to continue uh, uh, living by this uh, by this pool over here. I'm not going to continue in this condition. But I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to pick myself up from this place, and I'm going to and I'm going to move forward in faith. And listen, that's what He had to do, Lord. I believe you. I trust in you, even though I don't understand it. Even though it wasn't. Even though this didn't happen like I expected. I mean, I was expecting to uh, to get into the uh, the troubled waters, but the Lord Jesus come by and showed him a little something different. Listen, there in the text, we see the Lord Jesus said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And for the very first time, the Bible says in verse nine, we see the miracle, the Bible says in verse nine, immediately the man was made whole. And immediately the man was made whole and he took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Sabbath. Can you imagine what it was like for this guy whenever he... And he began to stand up. I mean, imagine, you know, as I said, he's probably, the Bible says Jesus saw him lie. And there he is, he walks in, the man's lying on the ground. He's, in essence, almost like he's paralyzed. He can't move, he can't do nothing. He can't go nowhere. Uh, and so the Lord Jesus says, rise up, take thy bed and walk. And so the, the, the man, as he's believing and trusting in the Lord, he feels strength coming into his body. And then the next thing you know, he lifts himself up off the ground and he picks up, he rolls up this bed that he had been laying on for 38 years he rolls that up, puts it up underneath his arm And then he starts walking Listen, I don't know about you The guy said that the Bible says a man was walking But I imagine that before he started walking again He probably took another step or two I imagine because I can guarantee you That's what I'd be doing If you ain't walking 38 years And all of a sudden you got the ability to move You know what I guarantee you'd do? You'd take off Like the road runner I know I would They'd be clocking. They'd be. I'd be faster than Usain Bolt. I'd be flying out of there. They'd be putting me in the Olympic Games. Two hundred and fifty pounds, all of it. I shouldn't have even told you that. Lord have mercy. I keep going. I'm gonna be lying down. Hmm. Oh boy. I tell you, I get myself and all kinds of stuff. All right. Bible says here He said verse eight Rise, take up thy bed and walk, and for the first time in thirty eight years He picked himself up. Immediately there in verse nine he was made whole just like salvation. I didn't have to wait to get eternal life. I didn't have to, it wasn't something I was going to get later on. Whenever, when I was sitting by the pool of mercy, and the Lord Jesus walked in and said, Wilt thou be made whole? And, and I said, Yeah. yeah. The Lord. And when I got saved, it was something that took place immediately. And immediately I was cleansed. Immediately I was made whole. Immediately all my sins were forgiven. And the Bible says immediately the man was made whole and he took up his bed and that which he had laid on, that which was his his bedding, that which in essence was really his holding place, he rolled it up and began to walk. And then verse 10, the Bible says, the Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, he that made me whole the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. I like the fact that he was more interested in what the Lord said and then what the religious crowd said. Listen, there's a lot of things a religious crowd can say, but I like to listen to what Jesus said. And the Bible says there in verse 11, he answered them and he, made, he said he made me whole and he said I take up. He said unto me there in verse 11, take up thy bed and walk. And they asked him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he said that was healed. And he that was healed there in verse 13, wist not who it was. Can you imagine the smile that he probably had on his face? Here he is, he's just been healed, he's picked up his bed, he's now walking, and he meets the Pharisees, or the Sanhedrin, on the Sabbath day. And all they're concerned about is not the fact that he's no longer by the pool of mercy, but the fact they're doing something that they don't approve, that he's doing something they just don't approve of. Well, I'm just doing what the Lord said. And there in the text, the Bible says, there in verse 13, he that was healed wis not who it was. He didn't know that it was actually the Son of God, Jesus himself that healed him. He had no idea. But I guarantee one thing that he did know, even though he didn't know Jesus by name, even though he didn't know that it was the Son of God that done this to him, he did know this. The only way this could have happened, just like in John chapter nine when Jesus healed the blind man, the only way this could have happened is if God had his hand on the man he didn't understand it all. He didn't have a theology degree. He didn't listen. He didn't have all this stuff. He hadn't spent all this time. Listen, for thirty-eight years, he's been maybe, perhaps, laying here by the pool of uh, by the pool of Bethesda. He's been he's been laying out here, and he hasn't been in the synagogue. He hasn't done all that. He hasn't done all that. But there's one thing that he does know, and that was that a man came by and asked him if he would be made whole. That is what he does know. And he said, "You know what? I'm just going to do what he told me I could do." The Bible shows us here in verse 13, and he that was healed uh, wist not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place, almost like saying that the Lord Jesus just kind of disappeared amongst the people. After this took place, the man got up and began to roll up his bed and and as he began to walk, it's almost like because the multitude of people, the Lord just kind of disappeared amongst everybody. He couldn't find him any longer But I'm going to tell you something that just blesses my heart. I love the fact this man got healed. He was there in this case for 38 years. And and I'm glad the Lord Jesus came by that way and healed him on that day. But there's one more thing that happened that just blesses my soul. And we take a look at verse 14. Notice what happens. The Bible says, Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the, somebody say it. (laughs) There he is in the temple. And what's he doing perhaps in that temple? I guarantee you he is there standing on his feet, praising God, worshiping the Lord. I'm so thankful that I have now been healed. I've been in this state for 38 years, but this man come along, I don't know who he was, and he changed my life and he brought healing to my body. And God, I'm just coming to you today just to thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy. We find him in the temple. Instead of running off to the world and perhaps doing worldly things, many other things this man could have did. But the place that he went was the house of God. The place that he went was the house of God to give thanks, to give praise. You see right here the Bible says in verse 14, and afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple. And he didn't know it, but he was going where Jesus was going. And afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, but I want you to notice something the Lord said to him. The Bible says, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, least a worse thing come unto thee. And they say, well, what does that mean perhaps? Well, we could say, well, He's talking about sin no more and listen I, I've given you this chance I've given you this opportunity I, I've sent healing to your body and just know listen I want you to know almost like God almost like Lord Jesus revealed himself sin no more listen I'm aware of your past I'm aware of the things you've done and go and sin no more and what he told the adulterous woman they brought her out there and he just said go and sin no more rise up go and sin no more See, Jesus was all about lifting people up and tell them to and tell them how to get right and do right and just and go on about their life and leave the past alone. Just leave the past alone. The devil wants to do everything he can to drag you down and and, 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 and your past just be a, a a monument to who you are. The Bible shows us right here that the Lord Jesus said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon thee. Now, could that mean hell? Yes, it possibly could, I guess. But I wonder, and we don't know why this man was in this position that he was in. But maybe perhaps this came out, maybe the Lord Jesus said this to him because maybe it was his sin that got him in that position to begin with. Maybe the reason why this man had been in this position for thirty eight years was because of his sin. Maybe something that he did. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know that the Lord was giving him another chance. I do know that God was giving him another opportunity. And I do know that God was being merciful. And I'm thankful that I see this man who could have had a million other opportunities and a million other chances to go out in this world and do everything, anything else that he wanted, but he took what God gave him, that opportunity that God gave him to do what was right. And he came into the house of God and he met with Jesus. And I believe he was praising the Lord there. As we think about the house of mercy and we think about the things that God does for us, listen, I'm so thankful here today that God met me where I was at. Because you see, this man was no way that he could come to Christ, but Christ came to him. Just like Mephibosheth in the Bible, whenever he was lame on his feet, there was no way that he could come to the king, but the king came to him. I'm so thankful that we see that here in this case, as well that we see that this man he couldn't get to Christ on his own didn't know where the Lord was but he came Jesus came to him no matter what you're sitting here with tonight no matter what you're going through no matter what has uh, no matter what sin you may carry no matter what uh, what it is that's in your life that you feel like has gotten you to this place that you're that you can't move forward or maybe perhaps you're withering away or really struggling and battling with. I'm just thankful that God knows where to find us. And I tell you what, when the Lord and when the Lord shows up, I don't want to be so fixed and focused on everything else that I miss him when he walks in. And then after God does move and work in my life, I want to make sure that I'm not out here in this world and he gives me another chance and gives me another opportunity to do things right and be right and live right that I'm not out here in this world wasting and squandering that opportunity away, but that I go to the house of God and give him praise and thanksgiving. Yes. Isn't God better to us than we deserve? Yes. Every single day. Yes. Every day. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful, wonderful day that you have given us. Lord, we pray here tonight that you just do business with every soul. Lord, every single one of us from the pulpit to the pew, God, we all have things we fight and battle with and we all have discouragements and uh, Lord, we all have things in our life that maybe sometimes uh, just kind of chip away at us. Have things that maybe perhaps just kind of wither us away in our life. Sometimes it's just a, a lot of frustration. Sometimes it's uh, the unforgiveness and the bitterness, and sometimes it's just the, uh, uh, just the wave after wave after wave of difficult things coming up. Lord, whatever it is that we're dealing with tonight, God, we're here. We're, we're, we're here in your house, and we're just praying, God, that you'd meet with us. We're praying, God, that you would speak to our hearts. And whatever it is, Lord, we need to be talking to you about, I pray that it'd help us this evening as the piano plays here tonight. As we open up the altar, and if you have a desire to come, you're more than welcome to come. If it's a a matter of salvation, you need to get saved. There's no greater time and no greater opportunity than this evening. If you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know that God loves you. He sent His only begotten Son to die for you on the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. If you're here this evening and you don't know Christ, I encourage you to come. As you sit in the house of mercy and grace, and the God of mercy walks in, and we have this opportunity here tonight to get things right with God, Let us make sure that we don't get so fixed and focused on so many other things that we miss Jesus when he walks by. As God knocks on the door of our hearts this evening, let us make sure that we listen to that still, small voice. my Bible tells me that his mercy endureth forever. Listen, there's lots of folks, a great multitude that are hurting tonight. Not just in the bodies, but spiritually speaking, blind, lost, and on their way to a devil's hell. Lots of folks and that are halt. They're not going anywhere. They're stuck in the position that they're in thinking that there's no hope that this is just the way it is. Lots of folks in this world today that feel like they're just withering away little by little and piece by piece the devil just seems to be taking a little bit more away from them all the time every battle and every struggle and as we was preaching on this morning just the devil has a way of making us think that there is just no hope that our efforts are vain and futile. But here tonight, here we come in the house of mercy. To ask God to open up our eyes to help us to see. To release us from the chains and bonds that have kept us hold in, the, in our life. to help us to be fruitful instead of barren and withered. And you, perhaps, just as I, know, folks, maybe, perhaps, as this man who's been battling for a long time. This man for 38 years 38 years A man in such a case Battling something for so long Could easily have said I've accepted That this is just where I'm at But yet he put his faith and trust in the Lord picked himself up, rolled up his bed, and walked away. Good to see everybody here back again once this evening. Thank you so much for coming.